We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubs of the Club, the Idaho Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I am your host, Dallas Hammer, joined today from two folks that also made the trek to Moscow for the first of us. It was only a couple blocks away. Producer, seducer, Martin Heemstra. Martin, how was Saturday night in Moscow, Idaho? It is cold. It is the first time the first day I had to turn on the heat in my apartment since March or so. So it is although the cold is doing going doing well after another vandal win. And also with us today, our best and brightest, who actually sat right next to me throughout the entirety of the Idaho Portland State game. Brian Marceau back in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Brian, how's it going? Really tempted to hammer that mute button. Uh, just to get the show started off right, get it out of the way. But, uh, man, doing so, so damn well. I mean, look, we we have a kick-ass game that I need to not step on because uh, that's the point of us being here. But it's been so goddamn fun. We have another fun game to cover. So we're going to just jump right into it, guys. This is Around the Bar brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. We are recapping Idaho's blowout victory against top five Portland State. Idaho took down the vaunted top five Portland State Vikings 56 to 21 today behind the strength of 309 rushing yards on their way to 571 yards of total offense. The Vandals did trail by a touchdown three different times in the first half, but thanks to Jermaine Jackson's 32-yard touchdown reception with 18 seconds left in the second quarter, Idaho did get to go into the half tied 21-all. Jackson actually had four receptions for 132 yards and two touchdowns all in the first half. Didn't end up, didn't end up with a catch in the second. After halftime, though, Vandals' defense shined. Shut out Portland State, held them to just three yards in the third quarter, and picked off Dante Sachere twice in the fourth quarter. Uh, Anthony Woods led the rushing attack for Idaho, 139 yards and a touchdown, but it was Andre Carter's garbage time touchdown that might have been the highlight of the game. 83-yard run in garbage time. Again, didn't matter. It was well blown out, but it was awesome to see the big guy rumbling, stumbling, and bumbling down to about the one-yard line. Uh Buried the lead on this one, guys. This is the first time since 2016 that Idaho has won five straight games. So, Martin, we're going to go to you first. What went well today in the 56-21 victory? For me, it was the rushing attack just uh, because of how – let's see, just because of how – just because of – just the way they had – just the way things were rolling for them, they had – it says four. One of them was Jermaine Jackson. I'm going to guess on fly sweeps. I wasn't paying too much attention, but just to uh, have th- three people that were averaging at least five yards per attempt is really good. And I, it was offensive line when it brings a tear to my, it brings tears to my eye just to see the uh, running rushing attack just rolling the entire game. Yeah, I don't know how to separate what went well, Dallas, without go, without covering that. Idaho looked radically different in the second half of this game compared to the first. So I guess what I'm going to say went well, Martin's obviously right. Defensive adjustments, man. This is the second straight home game Idaho's played against a not great, uh, to be kind, big sky team. And in the first half, 
Idaho looked a little bit lost defensively, gave up 273 total yards. Idaho only gave out 220 total yards against Montana last week. Top, real top five Montana against our jokingly top five Portland State. First half, Idaho gives up 273 yards. Second half adjustments, Portland State, after rushing for 113 yards the first half, rushes 15 in the second half, including negative seven in the third quarter. Passes for 45 total in the second half after passing for 160 in the first half. So that just went from Portland State. Look, Portland State was competitive in the first half because Idaho couldn't stop them on the ground. But that was completely different team second half. This looked like the defense we saw against Montana for four quarters. But on, in the second half, those adjustments are just out of the park. Uh, this is why this is a team that I have a lot of a ton of confidence in because even when we have halves where things don't work out, these coaches know how know how to they know the way to get to, to these guys both strategically and interpersonally to get the result they need. And damn, did we get that today? Yeah, I'm gonna have to just back up both of your points. I think uh, the the offensive line looked fantastic in the running game. When McCoy dropped back to pass, that's a completely different story, and we're probably gonna get into that in our next round of questions. But offensively, I mean, you, you can't be too upset when you're running for 7.7 yards a carry and you carried the ball 40 times like that. With those numbers in bulk, you had a pretty damn good day running the football. Uh, and then, uh, as Brian said, the the adjustments. Honestly, what went well about this game is that Paul Petrino wasn't the coach. For anybody that remembers, I'm sorry if you can hear that. Give me 30 seconds. So I, I just have to bring this up because Hammer... I have been trying to talk Hammer through letting go of the Paul Petrino talk. Dallas has a stranglehold on it, but he's back. And if he has a stranglehold on it, it's happening. Sorry. The reason I have a stranglehold on this, if anybody remembers last year's Portland State game, and I promise next season, I won't think about the guy at all. But the reason I'm bringing it up now, last year, Portland State, Idaho led 35 to 7 at halftime and won 42 to 35. Excuse me. It was 35-14 because Portland State had a last-second touchdown. 35-14 at half. Idaho ends up winning 42-35. to Looked completely just blown apart in the second half. Paul Petrino was outcoached by Bruce Barnum, of all people. That did not happen today. Portland State scored 21 points in the first half and then looked like a completely different team in the second. They came out and got punched in the face and punched in the head over and over and over and over again. And that, to me, is what went well today. This proves definitively not that there was any bit of doubt before. This coaching staff is a very talented coaching staff that is going to get these guys in the right positions. Even when they come out and have a bad first half, and, and there could be a multitude of reasonings for that, the second half came out and Idaho just steamrolled Portland State for, for 30 good minutes. So... Martin, we've kind of alluded to a couple different things. What didn't go so well today? For me, it was just like having five sacks in the game. Was letting the first game where I kind of felt Giovanni McCoy just kept getting pressured and hit for in the first half was like the biggest thing that did not go well for me, at least like in my eyes. Yeah, McCoy's stat line, this was easily his worst FCS game, which it wasn't, that isn't to say it was an awful stat line. I mean, McCoy still went 10 of ten of nine on the game, passed for 248 yards, sorry, 10 of 19, 248 yards on 19 attempts, uh, threw four touchdowns, had no turnovers. Also with his legs, McCoy rushed at seven, 
His listed stats are seven rushes for 13 yards. Martin just covered. He got sacked five times. So obviously he uh, did pick up some yards on the ground. Um, but the offense, the pressure that Portland State was able to get on McCoy, oh, that was real. Uh, the, and that was at times a little bit. Uh, that, that's part of why it, when the game was close, it was tied at the end of the first half and close early, very early in the third quarter. Uh, there's, I, I'll admit I had some anxiety uh, because the Idaho offensive line was – Look, we know that's a relative weakness on the team. They played well for what they are, but uh, that that relative weakness certainly showed itself a bit in how much Portland State was able to get to McCoy. Uh, wasn't enough to matter in this game because Portland State's not talented enough. But it's the kind of flash where um, I guess you know you can imagine Idaho in a playoff situation, let's say, and that type of uh, protection of quarterback wouldn't fly against a better team. For me, what didn't go well is, honestly, the defensive effort in the first half was abominable. Um, it was atrocious. It was terrible. And I'm assuming that in the second half, Rob Orich probably lit a giant fire filled with fuck words all over this defense. Uh, Portland State, and again, we discussed in the preview show, Portland State's running game is virtually non-existent, and Dante Sachere is is the only real threat to run the ball that they have. 42 yards rushing in the first quarter, 71 yards rushing in the second quarter for Portland State. You turn around to halftime, come out for the third and fourth quarter. Third quarter, negative seven yards. Fourth quarter, 22 yards. So 15 yards in the second half and 100 and plus in the first half. Uh, really not, not the look you want from a team coming out of a emotional win last weekend. You do not want to be flat for the first half luckily you're playing portland state but if montana and sacramento state had been back to back this is a completely different story and this reaction is probably not as fun as we're having right now luckily again this is a young team first year coaches hopefully these are the kinds of things that will be fixed uh, and again there's there's a culture here of bad football that has to be corrected uh, it's been damn near 30 years at this point that was very troubling to see that uh Jojo Seofale, uh, Jelini uh, McGee, I don't even remember how his name is pronounced, and I don't care at this point. Um, both of those guys had only 40 yards, but they had the 40, each of them had 42 and 41. Uh, they had almost all of their yards in the first half. Uh, if that had continued throughout, throughout the whole game, we might be talking about Portland State putting up ungodly rushing numbers against Idaho. Luckily, that's not the case. But it is a little bit concerning to see that happening in the first half. And it last last thing on the running thing to Dallas is for if people miss this game against Northern Colorado, we talked about the openings were clearly blown assignments because they're just huge swaths of the field that were open, or there were just wide receivers who had clearly got behind the, who had gotten past their corners. This first half, Idaho's D line just got blown up by Portland state. And it was an almost the entire half that that to, that was happening, which was just flooring to me after the wire to wire, great effort we saw in Missoula, there was no question of first half hangover. And now we have a second half for sure that took place. So I don't want like the minutes of this to be talking about, Hey, like all the stuff that was awful when we beat the shit out of this team, 56 to 21, but it's hard to stress in the first half. This was just not the Idaho team we've seen for most quarters of this football season. Uh, it was a just like you said earlier, man, but perfectly. It was a spitting image of the first half against UNC just manifested differently. Mercifully, man, we had that second half and things were just completely different. 
Exactly. Portland State, 64 total yards in the second half. So for all of our, you know, the doom and gloom and the the negative things we're talking about, at the end of the day, the second half, Portland State was held to 64 yards, Idaho 156 to 21. It was an absolute bloodbath. So keep that in mind. We're just talking about the negative things because the negative things are the things that you, you need to be wary about in the future. There's only, only so many times that we can say, yeah, we beat the shit out of Portland State. Woo! Like, it's just meh. All right, guys. Player of the game on offense. Martin, we're going to go to you first. I'm going to take the obvious one and go Anthony Woods. Just the performance he had, his first career 100-yard game as a Vandal. It The future's bright, and I I love Roshan Johnson, but you can see where they want to go, and they, they want to go with Anthony Woods. Offensively, there's no guy. There's no guy to pick but Anthony Woods in my mind. I mean, the next closest would be Jermaine Jackson, four receptions, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. But I'm pretty sure Jermaine Jackson would say, "Hey, don't give me the game ball today," because Jermaine Jackson played well. He's played well the entire season. He had some difficulty with his hands today in a way that we haven't seen before. A couple drops that he does that are not normal for Jackson, plus a fumble. So still had a very good stat line. So not not trying to shit on the guy. He beat when he touched the ball against Portland State, he beat the shit out of Portland State. But Anthony Woods, for sure to me, is is just the game ball. One of the reasons why, too, is you saw early in this game, Idaho looked like they really wanted to be a little bit more aggressive passing the ball. Looked like maybe what they want to do is create offensive separation very early. That was not happening because of how the defense was. And also, we already talked about the O-line and QB protection. On the ground, Idaho was gashing Portland State from the first snap. And uh, shifting game plan offensively on the fly and going to run heavy. Look, 20 pass plays to 40 rush plays. And Anthony Woods was the star of the running back room today. Yeah, We try usually to give you guys a couple different names of, of players that had huge games. Uh, in case you, for some reason, are listening to us and didn't get a chance to watch the game. But realistically, there is nobody else other to pick than Anthony Woods. Like Brian said, uh, Jackson did lose a fumble today. He had a couple different drops. He he was actually we sit uh, where Brian and I were sitting today was directly up from the Vandal bench. Uh, there were times Jackson came over with his arms raised in the air, like looking for cheers because of incredible touchdown plays. But then there were also times he sat on the bench, pretty frustrated that he had fumbled or dropped the ball. It, just a, an up and down day for him, even if the stat line looks great. And again, he did all of the, the receiving in the first half. But Anthony Woods, the 141 yards on 15 carries, no question. One of the best performances I've ever seen at this level. Uh, one of the best performances I've seen from a Vandal running back in a long time. And that's not to say anything against the guys who have been here before and the guys that are still here. But Anthony Woods looks like he could be an NFL player. Anthony Woods looks like what Pierce looks like he could turn into what Pierre strong was for, for Eck at South Dakota state, uh, a mid round pick when he's finished with his college career and on a trajectory to be one of, if not the best running back at this level, uh, absolutely incredible game from him. Uh, congrats to the freshman on that one on the defense. I feel like we might have a couple different options on this one player, of the game defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with Tommy McCormick just to get that, that interception at the kind of the fourth quarter that just, to me kind of made things made me feel comp more the most comfortable and confident I was like I was not going to blow this it just that was, that was for me that's for me is who is the player of the game having another interception back to back weeks I'm going to go with a first name I've used for player of the game Mervin Kenyon the third uh, playing 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 the secondary 
Uh, he's a name we haven't seen quite as much this year, uh, but but Kenyon, he picked off a pass as well. Uh, also contributed nine nine total tackles, two solos, two assisted. Uh, his his uh, pick, I believe, that came in the third in the third, because uh, I mean Idaho defensively is flexing their muscles much more in the second half. But I'm going to go with Ke- with Mervin Kenyon. Uh, other name, sorry, Doss. I'll let you pick other names. I don't need to do four. Uh, so I'm going to go with Leo Tomba, actually. Uh, stat line was not incredible. He had four tackles and two sacks. It was the timing of when he got it done. Uh, for Again, for anybody that didn't watch the game, Idaho gets the ball to start the th- uh, third quarter, score, make it 28-21, and it was that was the inflection point. Is this going to be the time that Idaho runs away with this, or is Portland State going to hang on and, and make this a close-fought battle, which it it was, was honestly throughout that whole first half felt like they just weren't going to go away. Uh, Emmanuel Dagby comes back for Portland state this week, takes a, again, he's a receiver that they had playing running back. Cause again, they don't really have a running back. He runs for four yards. Then they take a snap. Tomba gets a sack. All of a sudden, great. It's we went from second and medium to third and long. Tomba gets another sack. So his two sacks back-to-back plays the first time that Portland state had the ball in the third quarter. That felt like, the Vandal defense coming out and saying, enough of this. We are putting this game away right now. Martin, how are we feeling? Five game winning streak again, first time since 2016. How are we feeling? And especially how are we feeling going into a Sac State game that could have big sky title implications? The confidence that I, if I know was say, what are they, are they five and two now or four and two? Is it, is it five and two? Five? Okay. If they were, say, three and two or two and five or something like that, I'd be like, this is going to be a, a fucking blowout and they're not going to win. But seeing what they did against Montana, it just gives me the confidence that this team can play with anybody. And I don't have that negative. Maybe I don't have a, maybe I don't have the negative nervous I would have had if they were a different record, but. There is a renewed confidence and maybe sunshine and rainbows coming from yours truly, but it just, it feels different and better now. I think this team uh, today I'm going to point to is maybe the day Idaho probably nailed exactly what its offensive identity is because throughout the start, throughout the season from WSU to now, um, Eck and Schleisner have kind of been slowly relaxing what they're going to do with, with Giovanni McCoy. And this game, it felt like they really wanted to feature McCoy early. And look, McCoy, again, his stat line is not bad. He made a lot of good passes. This was the first day that we saw McCoy get bailed out with a few dropped picks, which they, they didn't happen. And Idaho, look, Idaho dropped pick too. So like these things do happen to, to both teams in many games. But 20 rushes to, sorry, 20 passes to 40 rushes. When Idaho figured out exactly what they're going to do offensively uh, to really to, to really get going in the second half, because there, there actually was a moment early in the second half, end of the first half into the late second half, where Idaho was it was a little rough offensively. I, I think we're, we're look Idaho is just a version of what South Dakota State was last year. That's where we are, and I think we reestablished today that that milk the clock thing that we did so well Idaho did so well against Montana and NAU Idaho did not do that early I bet that's not going away for the rest of the year I bet that's just what's going to happen is Idaho is going to rush two times to every one pass something like that and that's just what the identity of this team is because look Idaho really got rolling 
in when we started calling when I know start calling plays that way. And I think McCoy right now is best suited to have the pass attack o- opened up by the rush. That's just where he is. He's a redshirt freshman. There's always room to grow. But to me, that's what that's really what I expect Idaho to look like going forward. Is just we're this is exactly what we saw to South Dakota State last season. It still worked for 56 damn points. Uh, I guess th- that that to me was the biggest takeaway I have about what I expect to see out of Idaho heading into the next games. And like like you said, Dallas, um, I have to jump off a second, guys. Next week, Idaho will be playing for for Idaho. This is a game that could essentially dictate, can Idaho get a share of the championship? Uh, because Montana State beat Weber State. Montana State has a pretty easy schedule the rest of the year other than closing with Montana. So cannot stress how big the game we're about to be previewing on Tuesday is going to be. But yet the, my takeaway for Idaho is I think we found exactly what the identity is today. And that's what I think this team needs to ride from here on until whatever our final week of the season is, the uh, rush heavy attack. That's that's just what we're going to be. And Brian mentioned it uh, running twice for every one pass, 20 passes today, 40 rushes today. So pretty simple math there for most people that went to Idaho, especially uh, the people that are not anywhere affiliated with Boise uh, two rushes to every one throw. Uh, Brian, I know you have to go before I give how I feel on this victory. Do you have any final thoughts before you depart us? Yeah, I'll, I'll run through a couple. One is I said it on our preview episode of this game when Captain and 58 specifically referenced the comments section having PTSD about after a big Vandal win, a letdown. There was a hangover for sure in the first half, uh, but this team course corrected just like Idaho did against Northern Colorado. That's why I had confidence heading into this game because this was essentially a repeat because that's who this coaching staff is. And to give credit to the players, the players do respond. Uh, if it took a, it took a half a couple times, but even a bad half still tied against Portland state, then look, we, it is hard to stress how much Idaho just, uh, it's, you have some hockey terms for this that you've talked about. Uh, but, uh, all, all my terms will get the expletive label slapped on this. Uh, I mean, Idaho, shit pumping is yeah. Okay. Good. Um, I was going to reference skulls and a different uh, recreational activity, but, uh, no, Idaho killed Portland State in the second half. It was a bloodbath for almost the entire half. So don't want to like dwell too much on that because that's the takeaway. We won by 35 because Idaho killed Portland State in the second half. Last thing, not important. Another good thing we saw, Martin. Jason X 40 time right now is not as bad as one might guess. And I saw it end of the first half after another thing that went well for Idaho playing against a Bruce Barnum coach team. Bruce Barnum's calling timeouts on Idaho's final drive, extending the clock. Thank you, Bruce Barnum. Uh, fourth down, Giovanni McCoy makes something out of nothing, scrambles for a first down. Jason Eck, right when McCoy hit the dirt on his slide, sprints way faster than a dude of his physique might, might sprint in your mind. Uh, Dallas says that's the Wisconsin background. To me, that's the, uh, the sprint reminded me of a grizzly bear. If you ever see a grizzly bear sprint, guys, it's a freight train. Get some momentum and get it. You need to get out of its way. Sprints to slam his hands timeout next to the ref. And it works. You know, get the timeout. Still have enough time. Idaho scores a touchdown. But uh, anyway, I'm going to bounce. Kick ass. Hold game. on. You forgot one last thing you want to mention, Brian. I would rather keep that in the Discord for fun. Boo. Patreon.com backslash Tubs Club. There we go. For the, the mystery message we were hoping Brian was going to give everybody. Patreon.com backslash Tubs at the Club. 
Yeah, but the, look, I'll run away now. This game was a celebration in the second half because Idaho was great for essentially the entire second half. Thank you, guys. I'll see you on Sunday for the Big Sky Power Rankings. Thank you, Brian. Our best and brightest. So how I feel about this victory uh, after having seen it, Brian hit it pretty well on the head there of, I think that the way for this team to succeed is by running the ball. This was this was the worst game McCoy has played this year. Uh, obviously, there were some, some stinkers last year, but I'm not going to ever hold that against the kid. Uh, obviously, last year was just the wheels finally coming off of a train that had derailed four years before that. Um, 10 for 19 for McCoy, 248 yards, four touchdowns, but did have five sacks. Uh, again, not all of those are on him. Uh, offensive line struggled, and he had some pressure to deal with. Uh, but there were there were definitely some throws that I think he probably wishes he had back. Um, he, again, he's a redshirt freshman, not a whole lot of time playing the position uh, for Idaho because of just his youth. Running the ball is going to be the way that this team succeeds. But when you see the way that it worked against Montana, he McCoy can carry this team when he absolutely needs to. But for the the best version of this team you see them put up 56 points again against yes a, a bad portland state team but this is the way idaho is going to do it 333 yards gained on the ground 309 total after you take out the sack numbers and then you you make the big shots through the air mccoy had a beautiful 63 yard pass to a uh, touchdown pass to john uh, jackson right at the their first drive i think second or third play uh the big shots are going to stay being open as long as Idaho keeps running the ball as well as they do. And that's, you know, the, but yes, the pass protection could improve, but that offensive line is blocking like hell for those, those rushers. Like couldn't be more thrilled with the way that this team looks right now. I think this is a team that can hang with anybody. I hope they beat Sac state. If I had to pick it right now, I've made a pledge to you guys. I'm picking them against Sac state, but I, this is the, this is what we've got to see. Got to see Idaho able to run the football. If if the running game disappears, I know we've seen McCoy hold hold the team up in Montana. I don't know how many more times that can happen while he's a freshman. When we're talking junior senior year, might be a different story. Uh, I think that's a lot of way that way for a lot of quarterbacks. But this is this was a really good. Hey, look, Idaho had the worst thing possible in the first half. They just could not put Portland State away. They just kept running the ball right up the middle. Field just opening up as guys are freelancing. And then they still recovered and beat him by 35. So you can't be too upset about it. You just hope that the second half is more of what we're going to end up seeing. Martin, you've been on the shelf for quite a while. Any final thoughts before we adjourn? I, there were some, like, the, it's not really Idaho related, but just some of the interesting no calls and calls that were made from the refs today. There were some, times it definitely felt like the game like my Portland state players were maybe being a little too chippy and i know they kind of finally got them in the second half but it just there were some questionable questionable things by the refs today and definitely some no call pis that should have been called for me that was kind of my other big thing and like the other the other one was for me was just like the trust that jason eck has in starting a i don't I'm going to go I, until I know otherwise. I'm just going to assume he was a walk-on to start a true freshman walk-on at right tackle in a game. And like the big sky is something I never would have thought to do. And it just goes to show the 
development and the eyes that this team has, like the coaching staff has with getting these kind of players to come to Idaho and play right away. Could not agree more with those sentiments. Before I give final thoughts and before we wrap this show up, it's time for a word from our favorite sponsor. They might be our only sponsor, but they're still our favorite sponsor. If you are looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the middle fork of the salmon, the main salmon river of no return, the salmon river canyons, or the Selway. And you can even check out special trips like one to see the Persed meteor shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, take in the country along the river, and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the entire country. You just bring your clothes and let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976, and they're ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State. Call them now at 800-262-1882. Again, that's 800-262-1882. Or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Martin, final thoughts for me here is... Guys, this this is this is the team. Like this, this team is real. This team is. It's real. not just a flash in the pan. The way that we hold up the '98 team, the '09 team, the '2016 team, this team is going to feel like that team. Unfortunately, there is a, a large portion of the fan base that has left over the last 30 years of incompetent football and the drop from FBS to FCS. I know that all these things are all combined into why there's there's just not a ton of people coming to Moscow all the time. It, not terrible attendance tonight. Um, listed at 7357. Uh, felt a little bit more and louder than that in the dome. Again, not not optimal numbers, it's still under 50% capacity. If you're on the fence, I mean, if you're listening to us, you're probably not on the fence about Idaho football anymore. But if you know folks that are on the fence, if you know folks that left the, the Vandal fandom, this is the time to come back. This team is special, and the incredible thing is. A lot of the contributors are young. They're going to keep being here. This coaching staff is young. This does not feel like a flash in the pan. This feels like the birth of Vandal football anew. This this feels like Idaho finally coming back to being bullies, to being consistent winners. And that's something, again, I still suffer from that. I keep bringing up Paul Petrino in every damn show. And it's because I'm still, I'm, I'm still shell-shocked and PTSD from all of the different times that we saw him get outcoached by whatever dummy is on the other side of the field. That's not happening anymore. Jason Eck took Bruce Barnum to school today. And now, again, that's like something. I know almost everybody in the big sky did that except for Paul Petrino. But this is this is it, guys. This is happening. This team, this team is on a playoff trajectory. There are five wins so far. Idaho needs seven, realistically, to make the playoffs. We're looking at Sac State, Eastern Washington, UC Davis, and Idaho State. Anybody keeping up with the Eastern Washington Cal Poly game right now? That that could be a just a, a notch already. Same with Idaho State. They're terrible. Idaho, Idaho is set up for playoffs, guys. This is more likely than not. Playoffs are happening. We are legitimately talking about this team could run the table the rest of the way out. Even then, if they lose one more game, it's probably next week against Sac State. And they go seven and one. That still could win a share of the Big Sky title. This is the team. If you are looking to get back into Vandal football, and for some reason you're listening to us and not watching the team, 
This is the team. Get back in. Get excited. Vandal football is good. Be prepared. You got to start talking to your children, your friends, your family, your parents, your coworkers, whoever. Vandal football might be good. And that's it's been a long time since we've said that. Vandal football might not just be good. Vandal football is good. So you need to get wrapped that around your head. Get to the dome. Support this team. Support this university. Go mighty Vandals. Martin, any last words? I got nothing. Go Vandals. You heard it. Go Vandals. That's an unbelievable fuck up. We're going to, man, two minutes of muted talk. We're going to, we're going to start. Oh man, we're just going to start that over. Good Lord. This is producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday. Motherfucker.